Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence inquiries for the WIBR Warren Radio Network to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. You can find the WIBR Warren Radio on usa.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, LinkedIn, Linktree, and Pure Social. The Warren Radio Network is available through the following carriers on our Watchman Alert Radio Network. Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. You can also listen to the shows on warn-usa.com or danaglennsmith.com. You can find the posts for listening and downloading on our websites. Do not miss this post. Thy many gods, who shall save you? When shall it be, they ask? If thou art of God, when shall his hand strike us? We must have enough time to dance, party, and to hold session with our God. For the end is not yet, and to us there is yet day. The evil is not done, nor our ways finished. For the Lord sleeps, and his judgment waits till another day. You can read those that article on warn-usa.com or danaglennsmith.com. And you can also find Steal the Darkness. It's the first book in the Steel series written by the watchman Dana G. Smith in 2017. It's a Christian fiction thriller. And the second book in the series will, uh, called The Rising will be released soon. So you can go to danaglennsmith.com and find out more information on reading the book. And um, Warren Radio is going to be putting out a newsletter. So you can go to danaglennsmith.com to sign up to get the newsletter. And the WIBR Warren Radio has been in the end of days prophetic ministry for well over two decades. We do this through our preaching, teaching, and publishing work. We are also an advocate for the persecuted church. And this newsletter is a special segment of our informative processes to let those who are interested in being kept informed and in touch with us. And be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren newsletter. And don't miss the Christian Books and Resource Shop on danaglennsmith.com. We have Christian Books and other resources from our Vision Media and remember this word the lord gave the word and great was the company of those that published it psalm 68:11 and now i welcome in the watchman
You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings. We're here on another Friday. This is Sound the Shofar. And we are not yet in the middle of May. Thank the Lord for that. Time goes uh, by fast enough. We've been busy with a lot of things. And uh, one of them was working on our network this week. We had some issues that began on Sunday. The network's been fine for a long time. So we are having to upgrade, get a new part. And I didn't think we were going to be able to do this, but uh, couldn't do it last night. But we'll get to Isaiah next week. And we're more than halfway through, I think, Isaiah now. Been a long time we've been doing this series on Isaiah. A lot of people don't appreciate Isaiah or the Old Testament. But uh, I do. It's the whole book. Matter of fact, Jesus, Yeshua, and the apostles, that's what they had, was the Old Testament, the Tanakh. So anytime you go around with your nose in the air thinking that the, that the Bible is just the New Testament, you're missing the point, a real big one. Nevertheless, we finished uh, chapter 8 of Romans. The last verse was, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You can thank God for that. Another thing you can thank the Lord for is grace. Every day you have breath. You know, we blaspheme God. I don't. I wasn't always saintly with my crown and no, God had to redeem me. I was a sinner. I even went to church. <laughs> you, you know, it's been said that the church is for sinners. No, the church is a place. And you know, we have a lot of misconceptions, but God worked with us and blessed us anyway. So today we are, I'm moving ahead, in case you're wondering, Romans 9. I like, uh, I like Romans and Hebrews. Very, very good books. Hebrews and Romans explain a lot of stuff. Just are rich. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. 
Now, you know, there's a reason that he says this. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. So he was serious when he said this. You know, in America, you know, people get on, well, around the world too, you know, we have the internet and we have social media. And it is really easy for us to say things, write things on social media that are not appropriate. I'm sure you would agree to that. And we say them anyway. <laughs> I mean, look at how th this group of knuckleheads in America treated President Trump. Before he ever got elected, they were lambasting him. When he got elected, they did nothing but just persecute, try to prosecute, and destroy him through the entire time. Yet he made it through. Then they cheated on the election with him. And of course, in their, in, in their standpoint, it's fine. They got Joe Biden. And, you know, he's definitely not Trump. And so they're happy with that. Meanwhile, there's millions of Americans who aren't. I'm getting to the point here that when we talk about truth, in America, the truth is not always what you see on the social media page or in the newspaper or from some of our mainline hypocritical left-wing uh, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN purveyors. They stopped being real reporters a long time ago. I remember the days of good reporting. It's filthy today many of them. Nevertheless, I say the truth in Christ. It is filthy in America, the things that we've done. But every day you get up, you got God's grace to live. Another day for him or for the devil. I say the truth in Christ, Paul says. I do not lie, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. Now, you know, Paul studying, studied at the feet of Gamaliel. Paul described himself as a Pharisee of the Pharisee. He was well known. Very few could equal him in what he knew, which was the law. He was also around, when Yahshua was around, he consented at the death of Stephen, and he admits all this, and then he came to the Lord. Paul was a fighter for the law, for the Sanhedrin, for everything that stood in Jerusalem, which was the Jews. He stood on the law, opposed people. And he would have seen Yahshua, Jesus, walking around the streets. And I'm sure that he watched him as he went by 
on those streets. And I'm sure Yahshua knew that he was watching and knew what was in his heart because he had that knowledge. And so he said, I'm going to call him. So Paul, you know, the one who was the Jew of the Jew of the Jews who kept the law blameless became a believer in Yahshua. And the thing that torn him apart is Israel. And I'm talking about all of Israel. Now see, at the time he was there, all of Israel wasn't there. The 12 tribes were scattered. There were a few here and there that you might be able to find, but it was pretty much Judah holding down the fort there along with Benjamin, and there was Levites there. That was the tribe of Judah. He loved all of Israel, and he wanted it all to be completed. And you can see this within the first three verses of chapter 9, because he's opening up his heart here, and he's going to be going into a number of things, some of the greatest expose of Israel and redemption. And he's going to go through several chapters here. He says that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. So he felt this continually. Whenever he worked, whatever he did. And the question lies, do Christians today have the same kind of burden for Christ to get his message out? Do pastors have the same kind of burden to preach the gospel? I would tell you, no. We do not have the same kind of burden. In America, we stopped preaching the gospel a long time ago. We replaced it with prosperity. We replaced it with angels and angelic presences and you know, seeking the things around God instead of God himself and the redemption which he gave us. He says, For I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. So if, he, if there was a way... For him to be accursed, which would guarantee his kinsmen, the Israelites, access into heaven and blessing. He would do it. But see, you can't do that. He knows it. You know, we all have families. And if you're a believer, you want them saved, you want them knowing the Lord. You have further relatives down the line than immediate relatives. And maybe they don't matter as much because you never see them. But Paul had a deep love for Israel. But he also knew 
that they needed to repent. He even got aggravated. He was preaching at them, and they wouldn't listen. They were arguing. He says, okay, fine, your blood be on your own head. I go to the Gentiles. Paul had had enough. But even with that, this heaviness and this burden for Israel never went away. Paul was called to the Gentiles. He wasn't called to the Jews. He was called to the Gentiles. Doesn't mean he can't talk to Jews about the gospel, which he did. And they could not debate him on the fact. He knew the word of God inside and out. Plus, there was the little thing of miracles and signs and wonders that followed the apostles that didn't follow the chief priests, didn't follow the Sanhedrin, didn't follow those of the holiest of Judah. But you take the fisherman Peter and a lot of these apostles that the Lord seemed to drug out of the uh, lower bin of, of Israel at the time in the Roman Empire, all of them became great men of God, preaching, teaching, miracles, signs, and wonders. While all those dressed up and learned the law and studied hard, who originally had, had brought the covenants and all the law and taught the, you know, Judah, and guess what? Now all of a sudden, because of one little preacher, they're all outdated. <laughs> Yahshua comes in a new covenant. Well, see, Christ didn't come to destroy the old. He came to fulfill everything, and he did. Because in that covenant, it was a way that God would work with the Jews, work with them so they'd be acceptable, because he's a holy God, and they were a sinful. We're all sinful. And that separation of sin is something that can't be breached without Christ. And so you wind up here then that Paul, in all the preaching and teaching and everywhere he went, he carried a burden for Israel. And he says, who are Israelites? To whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, and the service of God and the promises? Whose are the fathers, and of whom as concerning the flesh Jesus Christ came, who is over all God blessed forever. Amen. See, God picked Israel. First of all, he picked Abraham. And Abraham was faithful in everything he did. He was a good man. And he believed God. Now, he didn't roam around the desert as someone who was perfect. But he was good. And he knew who his source was. Because Abraham even denied taking, taking any kind of money from some, an event when he went after those who had kidnapped Lot. And everybody around him took treasure to pay him for their time and stuff, and Abraham wouldn't. Lest they would say that 
they had made him rich and not God because he trusted on the Lord. That was his source. That was his treasure. Now see, out of that relationship, Abraham believed God and God imputed unto him righteousness. One of the first believers, he was justified by faith because he believed God. But his kin who followed. And of course the division was right away with him having two sons, Ishmael and Isaac. The promise was to go through Isaac because Isaac was the promise. Ishmael was born just of the flesh, but Isaac was promise. It was through Isaac that the promises flowed, not Ishmael. But yet God decided, you know, that he would bless Ishmael, and Ishmael was to become a great nation. He would have 12 sons. And these are the Arabs. These are the big Arab states that you see. They're, they're no slack either. They go back to the beginning with Abraham. Just because they're Muslims, these people need to be saved. And we're seeing a lot of the Muslims coming to the Lord. We're seeing a lot of them. You know, when we talk about it. But see, Israel getting to Sinai, that was the big kahuna, as they say in Hawaii. That was the big deal. Because God appeared on the mount. God gave Moses the covenants and the law. And everything associated with it. The tabernacle. The setting up of the tabernacle. Everything had to be exact. See all that God chose. A little band of rebel Jews. (laughs) They weren't known as that at that time. It came later as Jews once the tribes Because Jews, we think of Judah. But Jews, we think of all of them. The Hebrews, we think of the entirety with the connection to uh, Abraham. Whose are the fathers and of whom is concerning the flesh? Christ came, who is over all. Those five verses, it gives you the background of Romans chapter 9. And he goes on to say in verse 6, Not as though the word of God has taken none effect. For they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Now see this blows it out of the water. This is the separation between being an Israelite And being someone who has been truly born again. Because the covenants and the promises and all those have been fulfilled in Yahshua. And Israel needs to move ahead. Even today. But see, many of them are not going to move ahead. 
They're steeped in tradition. It's what they know. And they're a good people. They're a stubborn people. So are we. But they enjoy life. They really do. And they love to dance and sing. You know, in America, we used to have all kinds of dances in the old times. You know, rock and roll and all kinds. You know, the big ball dances. In America, we don't do nothing. Not like that. Lagby Omer happened not too long ago, and they had a big death over there. A lot of them got crushed. But, you know, they're real sincere in their belief. And when they dance, they dance with everything they have. When they party, they, they do it with everything. When they serve God, they do it. So if they're going to backslide, they, they, they go that way too. And that's the prophets had that that they had to deal with. God would send the prophets to wake them up. But Paul makes a delineation. Now, although he says that he has great heaviness and that he would wish that he would be a curse from Christ for their sake. I mean, that's only if the fact that all of them could be saved. Now, that doesn't fulfill the law of God. That fulfills the weakness of men and the weakness of women and children. We're, we're flesh. You know, we want people saved. We want to do that. You know, we, for the most part, there's that love. Paul loved him. And he wanted them, but he knew. And so this is proven by the fact that he takes another turn, 360 degrees. Well, on the one hand, he's willing to be a curse if they could be saved. It doesn't work that way. Israel has a dynamic past with the Lord. And we see miracles and signs and wonders in Christians today. I mean, I, I've taught in the Torah. I've taught on the Torah. You know, I, <laughs> I've been through that. And for a believer, what we call the Old Testament is not old. It's a live testament to a people today of what happened, the Israelites. But that's not all it is. Because there's more, as Paul says, for they are not all Israel, which is Israel. There's a new Israel. It doesn't replace them because all of them, it's going to be Jew, Gentile, male, female, all in Christ. For God has determined that all are guilty so that he might save them. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. No, just being a seed of Abraham is not going to do it. Just because you have the covenant of Abraham and you have circumcision in the flesh, the promise went through Isaac. 
And through the line of Isaac, you find Christ eventually. And it's out of that promise that we are redeemed today. It's out of that promise that we have God's grace today. Because even God said it. I'm not going to be wroth or angry forever. Because of the sin and the iniquity and everything that was going on, God had a plan. And then Paul delineates it a little bit. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. It always goes back to the flesh. And there is a promise. For this is the word of promise, at this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by her father Isaac, and for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. And who's, who calls? God calls. And it was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that shows mercy. It's all about God's mercy. It's the Lord's choice. And whatever he did, in everything he is, he's holy and righteous. See, he chose that the line would go through Isaac. And it would go through Jacob. And you see, the thing of it is, he just flat told Moses, I'm going to have mercy on whom I'll have mercy. I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. Because he's chosen. And it's based on righteousness and holiness. Well, it says here he hated God. He can't be a loving God if he hates it. Well, remember, that's a word put in there by the King James. And every time we think of words, we think of it in the standpoint of America the English language, you know, Europe, etc. But see, he chose Jacob because God can see down the line, and that's what he chose. It's a choice. And that's what that choice reflects. 
You know, God has given to all men choices. And you and in that choice you can make a good choice or a bad choice. And the same way with Esau. Now Esau wound up being Edom who ended up hating Judah and fought against it and we're talking about the judgment on Edom in Isaiah because of what they did to their brother. But see, these are the choices. This is where the line goes. It has to go through somewhere, and this is what the Lord chose. And in the end, whether you will or whether you don't will, whether you decide to follow the Lord, decide to repent, don't decide to repent, serve somebody else, serve another God, that's your choice. Because God has given it to him. But in the end, Everything we have here on this earth and everything man enjoys, whether you believe him or not, love him or hate him, it is about God showing mercy. Because the goodness of God, which flows out of his mercy, and mercy flows out of his love, still gives us a world to live on, air to breathe, a way to live, a way to keep warm, and he does this for all the animals and all the people, whether they love him or hate him, whether they really serve him. But in the end, it's about one thing, God showing mercy. It is man who fell. God didn't fall. God could have said, okay, well, I'll just wipe you out and create someone new. He showed mercy. Now, you remember Pharaoh, <clears throat> Moses told him to <laughs> let my people go. The Lord said, let my people go. And he says, who is the Lord that I should obey him? Who is he? I'm the one that's Pharaoh in Egypt. I'm the one that's in charge. Who is this punky Lord you're calling on Moses? Who is this person who dares come up to Pharaoh you come up to me and, and warn me. Yeah, that didn't go over. But of course, after all the plagues, the people were begging Pharaoh. Let Israel go or we're going to die. The Pharaoh was stubborn. Finally, when the last plague took his son, this was on Passover. The death angel passed over. And even that's a type of the sins passing over. And the death angel passing over. That's a type of redemption and salvation. That's another picture of our salvation. For the scripture says unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, that, that my name might be declared throughout the, all the earth. See, God said to Pharaoh, Here's a Pharaoh who is who is like God to everybody in Egypt. There's a lot of them kind of rulers. Kim Jong-un is one. The Chinese Communist Party, that whole group is like God to most of the Chinese people, especially, you know, when you think about all the Christians they're persecuting and the Uyghurs they're persecuting. 
And the reason they're persecuting them is because they won't bend or bow. So Paul concludes from this fact, Therefore has he mercy on whom <clears throat> he will have mercy, on whom he will hardeneth. And then he says, Thou wilt say then unto me, Why does he yet find fault? For who has resisted his will? You know, and, and that goes back to what he's said before. Jacob have I loved, and Esau have I hated. Well, what, what gives God the right to do that? And Paul replies to that. He replies to anybody, any man, that has an issue with his explanation here. And he's right. Thou wilt then say unto me, Why does he yet find fault for who has resisted his will? Well, if God is as powerful as you say, can we really resist? Well, yeah, you can resist. In the end, God's will be done. But he does give man the ability to say yes or no. I'll follow you. I don't care what you say. I'm going to go my own. I'm going to serve other gods. I'm going to serve the devil, whatever, whatever. And God allows you to do it. He allows you to blaspheme his name. He allows you to blaspheme Yahshua. He allows you to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, his people. He allows you to kill his people. He still gives you air to breathe. He still allows you to make a living and be pompous. This is what this God does. He allows you, O oh punky man, O oh mouthy man, O oh proud man, and proud woman, and proud kids... All of you think you're your own gods. You are not your own gods. Not for one second. And the air that you breathe is given to you by this God through his grace because of his mercy and the love that he had. And still in spite of it, he loves you and will continue to work to try to get you to repent and come to him. Why? So he can save you and deliver you. God is a holy God. Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Has not the potter power over the clay, he says, of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor, another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? That he, may, that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory, even us whom he has called, not of the Jews only, but of also the Gentiles. That's where God's glory falls. His ability to redeem those who are unredeemable. You don't have, if you're the clay, you don't have any power 
over he who made you. And unless we would have known what sin is, which is what the law does, we would have never known it. We would have never understood it. See, and within all these passages also come the sovereignty of God. And of course, justification, sanctification, a lot of important words. But the thing of it is, is there's a process. And now the Jews have to face the same thing. You're not going to be justified by keeping the law. You're not going to be justified without Christ. But see, when we talk about the sovereignty of God then, people take the sovereignty of God as if you're not going to have any choice. The sovereignty of God doesn't say that. The sovereignty of God allows us, as human beings, to make choices. And while God is sovereign, the one thing sovereign about his will is his grace is only going to last so long. And while you're in his grace at this time period and his mercy, you're going to be able to live. He's not going to tell you what house to be in. Unless, of course, you're born again, you know him, and you acknowledge your way before him. Trusting in the Lord with all your heart. Leaning not to your own understanding. Acknowledging him in all your ways. And he shall direct your paths. See how that works? There's something you need to do. But we just go out blindly and do whatever we want to do. And then we curse God when it don't work out. See, a lot of people think America is going to live forever. And you have this pompous group of people running the country of America today. And a bunch of self-satisfied techies. Who made a lot of money. And others. Who did everything they could to destroy Trump because they didn't like him. But the one thing he did, he backed up Israel. He stood up for Christianity. And not too long ago, when we talk about the National Day of Prayer, the last day of prayer he had, he mentioned God 11 times. The president we have today, Biden, didn't mention God once. Which really describes the people he has around him, even the profane pastors. This is a godless regime because America is godless. You were given a choice and you chose the other. And you did so by cheating 
and thievery. And you think everything's going to be fine because you've plotted. No, it ain't going to be fine. I've been warning of judgment for this nation for more than two decades, and even longer than that, because the first time I mentioned it was back in the mid-70s. You don't want to listen, that's up to you. That ain't going to bother me none. America has had a lot of chances. And you're running out of chances. And for those who say that America is going to have a massive revival and turn around, if you listen to the prophets that say that, you're going to be disappointed because that is not what's going to happen. We have the most uniform, ludicrous group of so-called prophets that it, it would literally have the prophets of old in stitches laughing their butts off if it wasn't so sad. We are so blinded today. So reclusive. So overcome. We don't see nothing. But one thing's for sure. You can live this way. You can be wicked. The Lord even gives you that choice in Revelation 22. He that is wicked, let him be wicked still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. Now you can read the whole thing in Revelation 22. For I come quickly and my reward is with me. That is a sure and certain part of the foreknowledge of God and the sovereignty of God. One day he's going to judge and he's going to stop it. And he's going to grab those who listened, who repented, and who are the sons of God. And he's going to reveal them. And he's going to remake the heavens and the earth. And that's why Paul says, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. That's us who have believed. Out of his love flows his mercy. Out of his mercy flows his grace and favor. Out of that, God provided a way which was faith, which is the same vessel he used with Abraham. You believe God, he imputed righteousness unto Abraham. You believe God today, he'll impute righteousness unto you. And you'll become born again of the Spirit. Be redeemed and a child of God. And you begin to deal in your life. And it's not all going to be blessing. And it's not all going to be easy. And you are going to be corrected. And if you do something wrong, he will send. As he says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Think of that today. As many as God loves. And it says in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That's everybody in it. And as many as he loves, he rebukes and chastens, which is everybody. So figure that out. This is a God that is a God of righteousness. He doesn't be motivated by feelings. He's motivated by righteousness. He's motivated by, I'm going to save you, even if you don't want to be saved. I'm going to save you. Now, if you need mercy, you can call. He'll give you that. But see, now he has not just called the Jews. And he's called the Gentiles. And for those that don't know, in the world, there's Jews and there's Gentiles. There's the Jewish people, the one tribe. 
the one group that God called out. And then there's the Gentiles, which is everybody else, including Ishmael. The promise didn't go through Ishmael. Ishmael lives by the flesh. So do all the other Gentile tribes. And one day, the Antichrist, which is actually the last leader of all the Gentiles, all the people on earth are going to follow him, and they're going to go down to Jerusalem to be judged there. They think they're going down there to destroy everything and take over the world, but they won't. Jerusalem's been overrun many, many times, and others have taken it. This is not going to happen in the future, in the final time. Yes, Israel's going to have a war. They plot its destruction all the time, but there will be a Jerusalem. There will be a Zion, and there will be the greater son of David, Yahshua, who will be sitting on that throne, fulfilling the promises God gave to David. And at the end of that thousand years, Satan will be released and he will be then absolutely destroyed, thrown into the lake of fire and there to suffer forever and ever. That will be one of the most glorious days on earth when we finally get to the end. Because we're weak today. We're strong today. We need mercy. We don't need mercy. We're independent. We need God. God allows you within his sovereignty to make the choices. Yet his mercy, his grace, and his purposes is what's leading everything, including in America. You have made your choices, America. You have sown to the whirlwind, and you'll reap the results. As he saith also in Osi, or Hosea, I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, You were not my people, there they shall be called the children of the living God. That is such great writing. This is just dynamite. I will call them my people which were not my people. There was the children of Israel, and he was the God of Israel. They were the people of God. Today, there are those that God has called that they were not his people. When Yahshua went to the Jews, he went to Israel first, to the Jews first. Then the gospel went to the Gentiles. Even the Lord spoke of others that he had to go to. Isaiah also cried concerning Israel, Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. 
for he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. And as Isaiah said before, except the Lord of Sabaoth had left us a seed, we'd have been as Sodom and been like unto Gomorrah. You know, the thing of it is, Isaiah was clear. When we look at Israel and the judgment, the scattering, the falling away, God did bring the house of Judah back, along with Benjamin and the Levites. And they've been pretty much in the land the whole time since they returned from Babylon. The scattered of Israel, the lost tribes, are scattered around the world, and they're there too. And some of them have made it back to Israel. But God is going to finish the work with Israel. He's going to finish the work with the Gentiles. He's going to finish the work on earth. Then he's going to remake it. Now see, it says he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because the short work will the Lord make upon the earth. Now to us, it's a big work. It's a large work. How does he do it? But to the Lord, it is a short work. Because the Lord is eternal. It's a short work. Well, it's a long work for us who are not the Lord. But everything's in his hands. And see, the Lord of Sabaoth is very a very good phrase. You know, the Lord over everything. Every agency, everything there is. And when he determines judgment, he didn't destroy them totally like Sodom and Gomorrah. He made it to where a remnant is left. And in America, when judgment falls, there will be a remnant left. I believe that. Definitely of the Christians who are Americans. But in every country, it will be the same way. Because God has not set us up for destruction, but redemption. Yes, and we're going to see tribulation and trouble. The church has always faced that. But in the end, God will make a way. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for allowing us, O oh Lord, mercy and grace. Father, bless those who hear this word. Feed them with your word. Encourage them and make a way for them. Lift up their spirits and bless them. In Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness. 
from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. Don't forget to go by our websites at warn-usa.com danaglennsmith.com So we do have to get the number of things we're working on with our websites. There's always something you got to work on. We've got the shop. It's not where it's going to finally wind up, but it's uh, our bookstore. Check it out over on danaglinsmith.com forward slash shop. Bottom line of it is, we have to live our lives, keep going, and keep the gospel flowing. And we do that through preaching, teaching, streaming, publishing books, doing everything we can to get the gospel out. Check out our websites. Check out our mission. Join us. Pass it around. We're on a lot of social sites. And Tower goes through those at the beginning of our shows. Now you be safe. Have a good summer. Now some of those we know are in a different part of the world that listen. And our blessing is upon all them. And the persecuted church, we cover them every week. Don't forget to listen to the shows. And pass them around. Be safe, my friends. Be found in the Lord. The Lord is in charge. No matter where the trouble is. No matter how big wickedness is and evil and death seems to have a grip. God is in charge. He will have the final word. And in Jesus' name, I stake my life on that. I did when I accepted him. He is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And even the devil can't challenge that. On him, on Christ the solid rock, we stand and all other ground is seeking sand. Good day. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.